Utterly Moderate is the official podcast of the Connors Forum. Visit us at connorsforum.org and be sure to subscribe to our free email newsletter while you are there. Please listen carefully. Carefully. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Utterly Moderate Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Seppard. We had an extra week off in between episodes because my wife just delivered our fifth baby, a very, very beautiful baby boy. And as I said, it's our fifth baby, so he has two brothers. One is uh, age two and one is age 11 and two older sisters, six and nine. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that what I'm about to say is not news to anybody who's seen women give birth. It is just awe-inspiring. You realize um, just how unimpressive you are <laughs> when you see what women do. Um, my wife is a truly amazing woman. Uh, watching how she handles giving birth and seeing her as a mother to our children, it is the greatest gift that God could ever have given me. I feel as lucky as one man could ever possibly be. Um, it, it's just, I can't describe the joy of the moment when you're bringing children into the world. It's just, um, it's as good as it gets. And uh, it's a good reason to have a delay in between episodes. Um, but I'm glad to be back with you. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about women in fields related to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, more commonly known as STEM. According to the AAUW, quote, women make up only 28% of the workforce in science, technology, engineering, and math, and men vastly outnumber women majoring in most STEM fields in college. The gender gaps are particularly high in some of the fastest growing and highest paid jobs of the future, like computer science and engineering, end quote. In biology occupations, women are 46% of the workforce, 40% of chemistry and material scientists. 25% in computer and mathematical occupations, and 17% of engineers and architects. There has been a push for some time to increase these numbers, so I thought I might spotlight a very promising female in STEM. She's actually a student of mine here at Shippensburg University, our wonderful university, Shippensburg University. Her name is Bridget Cantwell. She majors in biology, and she's an absolute joy of a human being, and I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation coming up next. Bridget Cantwell, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. So Bridget is a student of mine here at Shippensburg University. She is in the honors program. I'm currently teaching an honors sociology course that she's a student in. And uh, she's very, very interesting. I've been wanting to have a show where I talk to a female in STEM in 2022. And, uh, you know, I came across Bridget and I was like, well, she fits the description and she's immensely interesting. So uh, 
So here she is. So, so Bridget, so tell us where are you from and uh, how'd you make your way to Shippensburg University? Well, originally I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so home of the Amish. Um, and honestly, um, most my the reason that I came to Shippensburg was mostly due to tennis. I played it in high school and I still play it now. Um, so I was recruited by Shippensburg, um, but this was before the pandemic. Um, and once it hit, uh, I started looking more into Shippensburg and eventually decided to come here. Awesome. Were there other schools on your list when you were looking around? Um, there were a couple ones. Um, interestingly enough, the other one of the other big schools that I was looking at was actually an arts college. Huh. Um, so I was actually looking at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, but uh, that was mostly due because my older sister, uh, Emily, she actually goes there. So, And I have a small interest in arts. So I was looking there originally. So before you came to college, did you know you wanted to study in the sciences or was it kind of a toss up between that and art? Um, for most of my high school career, it was a big toss up. I've always had an interest in science. Um, my mom, she's uh, she's a doctor. So uh, I've always been sort of exposed to that. So um, I've been always sort of tossing between the two ideas and eventually science won out, though. So, uh, you know, historically in sociology, we've talked about STEM as being a field where um, men were overrepresented. Oftentimes women didn't feel like they were very welcomed. The stereotype was that it was sort of a man, male dominated field. So were those stereotypes you were aware of before you came to college or has that largely changed for, for young people? Um, I was aware of it. I definitely knew that it was a thing. I didn't know if it was going to be a thing when I came to Shippensburg, but it was always something I sort of kept in the back of my mind, though I always sort of figured it depended on which field of science you go uh, into because okay. it is a very, it, it's very broad. Um, I, luckily for me, um, I would say that isn't the case. Um, for biology, I would say there's a, a good mix of both men and women. So I happen to know uh, what you want to do with your uh, with your degree, which is uh, one of the interesting tidbits that uh, motivated me to bring you on the show. But uh, why don't you tell us uh, what is it you want to do when you get out of Shippensburg? Um, so right now I'm, I'm studying biology, uh, just, uh, I'm a straight biology major, but when I, once I graduate, I would potentially like to come, uh, to become a coroner. This is just so interesting to me. Uh, we actually had for our listeners who didn't, uh, hear this episode way back when, uh, early on in this podcast's history, we did a show with the funeral director and I just found it like one of the most interesting shows we've done. So uh, Bridget, how does one, so at what point in your life did you decide that seems like something I want to do? Okay. So I have a little bit of a weird origin with this. So like I mentioned, my mom is a doctor, so she has a lot of medical textbooks around. So when I was about, uh, I'd say 12 or 13 or so, I ended up finding one of her uh, large uh, uh, college textbooks, and it was on forensic pathology, uh, which is, uh, it's what a lot of coroners study when they're mm -hmm. in, 
So sort of the pathway for a lot of corners. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of how they get into the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so being the weird little kid I am, I decided to read it. And I was actually, I found it fascinating because um, I always uh, was sort of interested in both the legal and medical aspects of it. I'm, my dad's a lawyer, so I've always gotten a bit of taste of that too. Um, and of course, I always had the influences of what's on TV. So uh, for me, it was NCIS is what I watched a lot. Um, <laughs> Not Dexter. Abby. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but just seeing those um, uh, in, I guess for my childhood, that was sort of a very something that was represented on the media. So I got a lot of uh, that influence. So it's been a long time coming for you since you were 12 years old. Wow. Yes. So uh, have you had any experience? Like, have you been to, you know, a uh, coroner's office? Have you done any internships? Like what kind of exposure have you had directly with the field? Um, I did do, um, I studied for a little bit at Duquesne. They had a, a forensics program there that I sort of, got my toes in the field a little bit. It's a bit hard for me to get much exposure now, especially with uh, an actual coroner's office, just because they have, you have to have a certain, certain amount of experience to, uh, I guess, intern with those Mm -hmm. uh, types of areas. Like I think they mostly look for pre-med people right now. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm not really, uh, I guess I wouldn't really consider myself pre-med. So do you want to sensitize yourself at all to what it's like to be around dead bodies and those sorts of things? Do you know, do you know that you can handle it? I guess is my question. Um, I would say that I can, I've been slowly trying to sort of desensitize myself. Like obviously it's not really the same as experiencing the real life thing. Well, not live thing, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> wait, I think I have a, uh, here, I think I have a drum. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but I've been trying to give myself as much exposure as I can. So in high school, I took, um, an anatomy and physiology class. So mm-hmm. I, I dissected a fetal pig. So, which oh, there you go. they have a lot of similar, uh, I guess, aspects to humans obviously not the same thing but very similar things uh and in some of my biology class right now we're dissecting other other animals and such so it's sort of just the small things i can do now yeah yeah i got you yeah all right so uh so you came to shippensburg and uh you're in the honors program yes and uh and i want to talk about your tennis career as well but let's start with uh the academic side of it so uh, you're in the honors program, and uh, I'm assuming you had to apply for that once you got here. So, what's the process like for that? Uh, for me, uh, it, we had to fill out this form, and then we had to do a couple different essays and get a couple different references. But it was mostly the essays that they were looking at. I believe I did mine on uh, Henrietta Lacks. There was a couple different topics you could choose to write it on, but... Uh, once you did that, I think a couple, about a month or two later, you found out whether you accepted and then you can also apply to live in their, uh, uh, they call it the LLC, their living community. I applied to that. Too. Learning living community. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I love the honors program. Um, it's a really cor- cool cohort model. So they, they come in and you guys stick together and you live near each other. You take a lot of the same classes. And so you really get to know each other. There's a lot of solidarity and community and um, resource sharing, you know, notes and, and ideas and support. And um, it's just, it's a really, I love teaching college anyway, but an honors classroom, there's just so much intellectual energy in the room. Yes. People are interested. They're engaged. They want to talk about things today in class and in Bridget's class today. We just got out of class. Um, one of her colleagues, Juliana, she um, brought us a survey to class that was contradicting another survey we had looked at. And as a class, we decided we were going to dive into it and see why there were methodological differences and sample differences and, uh, you know, honors, honor students are the kinds of students that really like doing that kind of stuff. So, um, so, so what, what appeals to you about the program, uh, similar to what I said, or what, what other aspects of the honors program really, uh, appeal to you? I would definitely say the community aspect is a very big part of it and especially why I stayed, but I would say that was the community part of it was most important, especially after the pandemic, because I feel like a lot of people, I guess my year was just very defeated. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, it was good to be around people that were still sort of focused on learning and trying to get more information and get through college. Um, So Definitely the community aspect is a super important part. Even even today, I mean, I've uh, been living with the learning community uh, the three years I've uh, been in college and I'll probably stay uh, for my senior year. But uh, it's very good to be around people that are so, I guess, similar in the sense that we all want to achieve something academically, but also we're all in different fields. I mean, a lot of us are STEM majors, but there's some uh, political science, uh, history majors, education majors. We're a diverse bunch of people. Yeah. But like you said, being around people who are driven, uh, who are engaged, um, have high expectations, you know, all that kind of stuff. It it seems to have a positive impact. And I know the, the community part of that is very intentional. It's designed to ensure that you guys become that community that matriculates through the system uh, together. So, and, and you guys have a very impressive director over there and Dr. Klein. Yes. Um, who I know you guys are, are very fond of. So, um, so something else I wanted to ask you about, um, you've gotten some pretty cool research opportunities while you've been here. I think one project you're working on with a professor is on, uh, on cancer. So tell us about that. Yes. Uh, right now I'm working with uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Sherry Bergsten, who is the head of the biology department. We are looking, um, we're sort of looking at the link between apoptosis and autophagy in cancer cells. Um, I don't know how much you know about apoptosis. I know nothing. So break it down for me like I'm a toddler. <laughs> okay. So obviously we're looking at cells and one of the natural cell processes Um, is essentially apoptosis, which is programmed cell death. Uh, And another process within a cell is called autophagy, which is essentially the same thing, but the parts are sort of recycled that cell can use again. Um, So these are very important processes uh, in regards to uh, cancer because um, 
often in cancer, autophagy is blocked. So that's why these cancer cells keep reproducing. Mm. So in looking at the link in these different uh, cancer treatments, we can sort of figure out what's going on and why, uh, why these cells can't stop reproducing and how we can sort of uh, create new treatments to work with that. So I guess my real question is, when you get the Nobel Prize, can you mention me in your speech? <laughs> of course. I guess is what I'm asking. <laughs> Obviously. I'll dedicate so it all had, to you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that sociology class uh, really, uh, yeah, put it over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've had a good experience. Uh, you, you feel like uh, it's been much more welcoming than maybe historically it had been for women. Yes. Um, getting a lot of really cool research opportunities. Um in fact, I tried to get you to be a part of a research project with me. And while you were open to the idea, when you told me that you were working on curing cancer, I said, you know, uh, <laughs> why don't you actually spend your energies there? <laughs> seems like it's actually worthwhile. Um, so real quick, before, before I let you go, um, let's talk about your tennis career. So you were, uh, you were recruited to play tennis here. So I assume you played tennis in, in high school. So tell us what that's like to be to be recruited, to be really wanted. Mm. Um, so this has been something I've been sort of working for my whole life. I played tennis since I was about, oh gosh, uh, six or seven. So oh, wow. it's been about 13 years. So long time coming. Um, so um, honestly, I wasn't expecting to be recruited, especially not by a division two school. Um, not that, not that I'm not good. It's just, um, not to toot my own horn there, but, um, <laughs> but I invited you on a podcast. I, I mean, I'm expecting you to toot some horns here. <laughs> um, but it was always just something that seemed, I don't know, a little bit like out of reach, I guess I would say, um, especially after uh, everything that happened with COVID, I didn't know right. how that was going to be impacted. But I was recruited. I was recruited by a couple schools, actually. I believe. Um, well, Shippensburg was one of them. I don't remember the rest of them now. We but... just blew you away so much. <laughs> it was like forget about those schools, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been a part of the team. Uh, this is my third year now. I'm actually the captain now. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, um, so that's so call you captain in class now? Yes. I expect the my formalities to be respected uh, in all yes, When you raise your hand, I'll say, yes, captain, what do you have to say? <laughs> captain Ingrid, that will be you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will do that. Well, that's cool. So um, any plans to go further after college or, or uh, will you stop playing uh um, sort of competitively in college. It depends on um, where I go to grad school. I've, I haven't gotten that far yet. Um, if they gotcha. have a a team there, I can still potentially play for them, just depending on what level they are. Um, but at the very least, I p- will probably continue to play recreationally, just because um, I've been playing for a long time. I I do really love it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's especially good for me to play now just because, uh, it's, it sort of gives me something to do, especially with, uh, 
you know, academic and academics and stuff can be can be stressful sometimes. So yeah, you need you're you're involved in a lot of academic, <laughs> you know, academically rigorous work. So it's good for you to have something else to vent your uh, energies with. <laughs> so mm-hmm. all right, so uh, I said that was the last question, but um, mm-hmm. I do have to add one more thing. So so Bridget's class is full of people like Bridget who are just interesting and smart and driven. And I come around the corner actually to the class. I'm the class is on the same floor as my office and I come around the corner every day and it's loud, which is a good thing. It means they're all talking and they know each other and they like each other and they have energy. They're ready to go. Even though it's like right after lunch, like they're not, you know, they're not in their like, you know, lunch nap. They're, <laughs> they're actually raring to go. I get there. And the first person that shoots her hands up when I get in the classroom is Bridget. And she says, Dr. Eppert, and every day I'm greeted with uh, some quirky factoid or uh, so you, you have some quirky interests. So you're a bee enthusiast. Yes. Right? So how does one become a bee enthusiast? She's like bees or what's the what's the deal with that? Honestly, I never really thought about how that came about, though. I guess if you put me on the spot, I do have a theory. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have a lot of siblings, so Obviously, to tell us all apart, we were given assigned colors to sort of, you know, sort of help us keep us separated. So my assigned color was yellow. And you have a yellow scrunchie on your wrist right now and a yellow headband in your hair. And I got my yellow backpack over here. Um, uh So, um, and I guess just uh, when I was little, just to sort of keep with that theme, my parents would always get me, I guess, bee-themed stuff. Ah, okay. So, I would say it probably stemmed from that. Although I do... How like- do you explain your uh, horseshoe crab love? In all honesty, that was just... <laughs> That was just based on the random fact I gave that day. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Gosh, I don't even remember what I said that day. Um, oh. I think you just asked me, how do I feel about horseshoe crabs? <laughs> I said, they look gross. <laughs> yeah. And then my friend Elizabeth, who's in the class, she actually had the earrings. So then I'm like, That's oh, right. I yeah. guess I have to stick with the bit now. I can't, <laughs> I can't be outdone in my own classroom. <laughs> The bit. Yeah, I feel like maybe you should be in like uh, improv or like uh, maybe the art school really was the way to go. But I think you should be sticking with it. I mean, if if, uh, if you're working on cancer, of all the things that we could rid the world of, mm. God, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wonderful to rid the world of cancer? Yeah. Well, Captain. Oh, uh, Captain, my Captain. Been, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this has been everything that I hoped it would be. So, uh, so thanks for joining me. Were you nervous at all? Oh, gosh, yes. But I tried to suppress that. Yeah, I'm actually a very anxious person. But normally, I try to just kind of push that down a little bit. And normally, it works out in my favor. (laughs) A lot of my honor students are anxious. Uh, The other day day in class, I I said, hey, we're going to talk about this concept today. And then I sort of went on a tangent for a little while, sort of telling a little story related to it. And I could tell... Like they were almost shaking. Like, I really want to take notes on the concept you said we were going to take notes on. And then I finally said, it and they all shot down to their, <laughs> their notepads and started writing it down. So as soon as uh, you give us a definition, we're back in our safe space. That's, that's right. Okay. I feel comfortable now. Okay. Now go on your tangent. Yeah. All right. Well, captain, my captain, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on here. Cure cancer. Will do. <laughs> 
Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling until then Who cares about the clouds when we're together Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather Happy trails to you Till we meet again Take a liking to you.